0: I speak to you in the name of God who was and is and is to come. Amen. A few years ago, I went on a retreat in rural Massachusetts, and it was four days that were lar- largely spent in silence uh, alongside One of people. the songs that I'm going to play today is actually one of the hymns that everyone's going to sing. I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to listen into Children's Chapel. Just by coincidence. All right, I think we will to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll be starting with the All Right, you have to, Francis was known to have a good sense of humor, so I think we needed a little bit of that this morning. And good luck to Rob up there, should be fun. He has his guitar, I don't. But um, I went on a retreat in rural oh, Massachusetts. Oh And it was four days that were spent largely in silence alongside other people. And we were all there, I think, seeking various things. But something that we shared in common was this hope that we had, I think, to rekindle or reconnect in some way with our spiritual lives. And the retreat, it was led by the brothers from the Society of St. John the Evangelist, which is an Episcopal monastic order. And I remember meeting with one of the brothers about halfway through the retreat. And after listening, listening to me share, he asked me to try something. He suggested I try something. He said, go for a walk and find rocks that are small enough to hold in your hand. Get one or two or three or whatever feels right, and then keep walking. And as you hold them, think about the things that are weighing on you. What's worrying you? What are you trying to control? What are you holding on to that you just need help with? and feel the weight of them, those rocks and those things you're carrying and ask God to help you. And then as you pray, start to let them just drop to the ground from your hand and see what you notice. Always someone to love a good homework assignment, I was ready, I went out for my walk and one of the first things I noticed was how much I wanted to get this right. Is this a good enough rock? Should I go with like one really big rock or lots of little rocks? Do the number of rocks have to correspond with the number of things I'm worried about? Maybe I should have made a list ahead of time and I had it with me. Where is the best route? What's the best route to like alleviate oneself of one's burdens? How long should I spend doing this? So it sounds silly and it is silly, but I remember very genuinely being like worried about these things and really wanting this very earnest sense of wanting to get this right. And I think it was mostly because I wanted God's help and I needed God's help. And maybe a little bit because I wanted to experience this kind of mountaintop experience while I was on this retreat. Something that I could hold on to and maybe just maybe this walk was going to be it. Well, it wasn't and it was, it was just right and it was all wrong. I realized a few minutes into my quest for the perfect stone that I was overthinking this way too much and I stopped what I was doing and went on to something else and decided I'd try this again another time. And my second attempt was better. I found that moving my body, just being outside, starting to unclench my fist and let those stones fall feel the air start to hit my palm, and just the release you feel physically from letting go of something. I found it to be a very prayerful experience, and it's one that I've realized I need to do over and over again. It's a practice that I've held on to and done at various points in my life. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? Do justice, love kindness, sometimes translated as love mercy, and walk humbly with your God." This familiar and verb-heavy verse, it really does say a lot. When it was originally written and said, God was trying to refocus the attention of the people of Israel. And I think each time we encounter this verse now, it's an invitation for us to try to refocus and realign our priorities too. Forget your sacrifices for a moment, don't focus too much on that perfect rock or saying just the right words or having your offering be just the right dollar amount. Here is what is good. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. It's not so much what we are bringing to God but how we pattern our lives and how we approach God in our coming to him. Well, today we are celebrating the feast of St. Francis, and I think more than most, he embodied in this very vivid and tangible way so much of what Micah six eight says. Now, his life story might be one that you're familiar with. If you're not, I encourage you to look into it, because while we're likely to see Francis most frequently as a statue in a home garden or outside of a church, his life was not as picturesque as his lawn ornament status would sometimes lead us to believe. Born in Italy in the 11th century, Francis was the son of a successful cloth merchant. He had a few years of schooling and as a teenager was part of this kind of gang of rowdies with other well-to-do young people in Assisi and they would eat, drink, and be merry. One of his earliest biographers says that he would commit every kind of debauchery. As I mentioned earlier, Francis was known for being a pretty fun guy. He was genial, appears to be very extroverted, and that contributed to him being this kind of de facto leader of this rowdy band, and those qualities would stay with him throughout his life. Later in life, he would lay upon his monastic brothers the duty to be cheerful. So he knew how to have a good time. In his early 20s, Francis went to war and soon found himself on the losing side. He was taken prisoner and would be in prison for about a year before his father could ransom him. And after that, there was this change that seemed to take place. He started to spend more time at an abandoned church praying. Eventually, he started spending the night there. And it got to the point where his father took him to court because He was concerned and he was disregarding his family responsibilities. Well Francis didn't disagree, he was disregarding these responsibilities and he actually renounced all claims to his family in this rather dramatic scene that's recorded in various sources. He strips down, he takes off his clothes, he places them at the feet of his father and he says that from now on God would be his father. Well, that year that he renounced his inheritance, two young Assisians started to follow him. And two years later, they were a group of 12. So the Franciscan movement had begun. And Francis's commitment to live this life of simple poverty, alongside and with the poor in service to the poor, it's continued by monks worldwide. Many consider Francis a saint even before he died. And he remains one of the best-known saints centuries after his death in 1226. And there's so much to celebrate and just to remember in Francis's life. He's the patron saint of Italy, of animals, of nature. He's often portrayed in artwork or stained glass windows alongside birds or other wildlife. Lots of stories about his interactions with animals, but it was more than a fondness. Francis recognized God's imprint on every creature. He had this very sacramental understanding of creation. In his devotion to Jesus, Francis came to sense this sense of fraternity, not only with people, but with all things, with things animate and inanimate. His canicle of brother son was written towards the end of his life. We heard it sung this morning at 9 a.m., and you'll find the text in your bulletin when we come to the communion anthem. And I encourage you to take a look at it, as well as listen to what we'll hear this morning. But in Canticle of Brother Son, every creature is ascribed the quality of brother or sister, and they give thanks to God, the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of life. Francis also had this very distinctive way of engaging with scripture. He saw it as something that we should perform and live out. One of the key moments in his life, he heard Matthew 10.10, which is the verse where Jesus is talking about, take no bag for your journey, no sandals for your feet or a staff. And when he heard that in this little stone chapel, he took that very literally, and he would remain barefoot for most of the rest of his life. He renounced owning any kind of property after that as well. Francis also went on to invent the live nativity scene at Christmas time, complete with actual farm animals and a real manger. And people came from miles away to experience this, the story in a fresh new way. In all of this, he is seeking to incarnate, to put flesh on the word of God, to give it this embodied life, to be experienced and engaged with in the here and now. We'll fast forward to today. I am learning alongside of you how we can embody God's word here and now, in our context, in our particular location And I've been thinking about that retreat that I went on a few years ago, and it was actually called, Come to Me All You Who Are Weary. And that was taken from today's Gospel lesson. And in it, we hear Jesus give this invitation to come to Him and to take His yoke upon us. So what is this yoke that Jesus is offering? It's His teaching. It's his way of discipleship, his way of love. It's a way that he talks about being life-giving and not burdensome. It's a way that, in many respects, looks a lot like Micah 6.8. And to take on Jesus' yoke is to be joined to the one in whom God's kingdom of justice, mercy, and compassion is breaking into this world, to join ourselves with Jesus in this work. It's to let our hands start to unclench from the stones that we're carrying and open them to receive what God is offering to us. Friends, he's told us what is good. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Amen.